You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I don't know about you, but I love movies. I'm a big fan of movies ever since I was a kid and just going on these epic adventures and the characters and the stories. It's just such a great medium to communicate a message. And there was a time in my life, and I know this might be true for you maybe, there's a time where I started to dive in deep on different documentaries and looking at different aspects of reality, you know, from very tangible things to conspiracies, right? And there was a documentary that really, really baked my noodle. Now, full disclosure, I'm a very curious human being, all right? And so being a very curious person and just a, a fan and a lover of movies, I've only fallen asleep on two movies ever in my life. The first one was Sleepy Hollow. I don't know if it was the name. I don't know if it was the vibe. I don't know. But I fell asleep on Sleepy Hollow twice. All right. Same movie. So it still counts as one. Twice. Went to the movie theater, which who falls asleep in the movie theater? All right. Now, that was the first movie I fell asleep on. Second movie I fell asleep on. This was around 2005. 2002, big transformation in my health. And I'd still been trying to just figure out, like, how did this actually take place? Because it wasn't just a change in my activities and the food that I was eating and the exercise that I was doing and my improved sleep, but it was a change in my thinking. And how can I help to replicate this in more people? But some messages you have to be ready for, right? And so my mother-in-law gave my then-girlfriend and I this movie, this documentary called What the Bleep Do We Know? All right, that's the actual title, not proactively putting a bleep in it. It's what the bleep do we know? And I put it in, I'm watching, and I fell asleep. I'm like, what is this? Quantum whatever? You're like, you know, I just, I was not ready for it. Cut to, I began to do meditation training with my mother-in-law and just looking at things from a new perspective, really waking up to my potential and kind of seeing the internal world that was a causative factor in my external changes that I was seeing in my life. But there was still a lot of problems, a lot of things that I was struggling with. And so, but now my mind was awakened, right? Through the meditation process, I became aware that I was aware and I wasn't just a victim of my thoughts. I thought that my thoughts were me and that's, that was the end of the story. Now I realized that there, there was just an awareness there and I could change my thoughts. I could choose to think and feel different ways. And so now we put what the bleep on and my jaw, like I, I had to hold my jaw up from just hanging on the floor. It just, it was the most incredible thing I had ever seen up until that point. And it just really affirmed and spoke to so many things that I was seeing in my reality and so many things I had questions about that I was wanting to improve on. And it, it had such a big impact on me, but specifically there was one person in that film who really spoke to me. And his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. And when I started the Model Health Show, I had a very short list of people who've had a big impact on my life. And he was on that list that I wanted to have on the show for you, that I wanted to be able to share my resources, my teachers with the rest of the world. And so in truth, I just put 
put that list together and I just moved on. And we've been moving and shaking and making a big impact and helping a lot of people and changing a lot of lives and diving on into different subject matters over the years. And I, I kind of forgot, you know, I kind of forgot about Dr. Joe being on that list. And then maybe about a year or two ago, I started to see him popping up on some of my friends' shows. I'm like, oh no, that's my guy. I know him. I know, I know the works. I'm like really attached. They're just, they're just putting their toes in the water. All right. I really know this guy and these principles and things he's been teaching. I would love it rekindled that flame of wanting to have him on to be able to share this in an in a different perspective, maybe go a little bit deeper than he's talked about before previously. And so really excited about this because him being here today is an affirmation of the fact that we create our reality, right? I saw this guy on a television screen. I had no wherewithal of how I was gonna get from my one bedroom college apartment with my broken down couch because, you know, I was, you know, prior, I was a little overweight and I broke the couch in. But anyways, my broken down couch and seeing this man on a movie screen, on a television screen, to having him be in my world, in my reality, and to shake his hand and to bring him here on the show. I didn't see the steps from there to here, but this is just an affirmation that if you hold something top of mind that you want to have in your reality, you don't know the in-betweens. I didn't know podcasts exist. It wasn't a thing. I didn't know that I was going to be more than somebody who was working uh, as a personal trainer and helping people in that domain or becoming a nutritionist. Like I didn't, I couldn't see beyond that. I knew I wanted to help people, but there are so many things that seem like magic, like these magical moments, these synchronicities that happen in between from the outcome you want and the decision. And what you're going to learn today is that this stuff in between is in many ways, it's none of your business. The important thing is to have that outcome in mind, your intention, the thing that you want to achieve, and making the decision to make it happen. And so we're gonna dive into a different reality today. We're gonna be talking about quantum physics. We're gonna be talking about um, particles and waves, all right? But we're gonna talk about this in a way that has context and relevance for our life today. And I'm really, really excited about this episode. And of course, just talking about the, the mind itself, we also have to be able to fuel and feed our incredible brain as well. We don't wanna have a hungry brain. And I was just doing some research and I came across a study from researchers at Yale University. And listen to this, there is very few nutrients that can actually cross the blood brain barrier and get into the VIP section in your body, which is your brain, right? It's just a handful of receptor sites that allow stuff in there. Your brain is mostly fat, you know this, but this doesn't mean that all the fats that you eat go to your brain, it doesn't work like that. It's very selective in the, in the types of fats that it will absorb and to use. Yale University researchers found that MCTs are able to cross the blood-brain barrier and to feed your neurons, all right? Number one, they also found that these MCTs being able to directly feed your brain cells are also a very powerful um, treatment that's being utilized right now. And they're trying to pin this down for protection against Alzheimer's disease and dementia. All right, so there's a lot of value to be taken from medium chain triglycerides and these MCT oils. But of course we wanna get the best quality. We wanna get them from great resources, earth-grown nutrients, 
coconut derived, not palm, better for your body and better for the environment. And the MCT oil that I use that I've been using for years, it tastes so good, is the MCT oil from Onnit. They have emulsified MCT oils. So they have the traditional MCT oil, which is kind of this clear liquid, but the emulsified MCT oil as well, which is sort of like a coffee creamer. It really looks and functions in that way. You don't need to like um, have a fancy contraption to try to blend the MCT oil into it. You know, like you gotta throw it into a blender. You can literally just use, you know, sometimes I've been on the road and you use a, you know, a little straw or a little fork or something, you whip it real quickly. Or they also, there's hand frothers, guys. I don't know if you guys have a hand frother. Amazing, life changer. But bottom line is it mixes easily with your teas, coffees, whatever you're into, smoothies. And the important thing is that this is something that we all really do need to pay attention to to start adding into our uh, nutrition protocol to give our bodies and feed our brains, all right? Super powerful stuff. And the research, like there's a lot more clinical trials going on right now on the benefits of MCTs because they're really remarkable. Again, it's one of those VIP nutrients that can cross the blood-brain barrier and feed your brain cells, all right? So onnit.com forward slash model, you get 10% off, all right? That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model for 10% off. The MCT oil, their incredible protein, their alpha brain, their shroom tech sport as well for your pre-workout. So many cool things. Pop over there, check them out, onnit.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Appreciation by Monique Moments. When I started listening to podcasts, the Model Health Show was my favorite, and I still love the educational episodes. I think my favorite episode was about the fizzy drinks and their history. For some reason, that one stands out all the time. The amount of information about the human body for free is great. I've always taken an interest in the way my body works. Listening to the Model Health Show is a call to action to continue making good nutritional choices for a healthy lifestyle. Awesome. Thank you so much for leaving me that review over on Apple Podcasts. And what a cool name as well. And um, just thank you for that acknowledgement. And everybody, if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. It means so much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he's an international lecturer, researcher, corporate consultant, author of several books, and an esteemed educator. As a researcher, Dr. Joe's passion can be found at the intersection of the latest findings from the fields of neuroscience, epigenetics, and quantum physics to explore the science behind spontaneous remissions. And as I've seen in my own life, spontaneous remission really just means they don't know how it happened, all right? But Dr. Joe has really been diving in to see what is the science behind these incredible healings that take place. And I think that you're gonna be very, very empowered with what you hear today. And again, just really pumped about this, excited and grateful for that outcome that I once saw and that decision that I made to finally intersect. And we're gonna jump into this conversation with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm pumped to have you here today and for me, I'm a big fan. I've been listening to your audiobook, your recordings, your lectures for a while, but I don't know your story, like your superhero origin story. Like <laughs> little Dr. Joe, was he always interested in the bigger picture? You know, when did you start to kind of fall in love with this? Well, you know, I, I came from a really uh, a, a great family. My parents were always supporting my brother and I in uh, uh, 
in being curious and investigating. And so they wanted the best for their kids. So they always provided opportunities for us to really question uh, reality and then and then take a step. And, and, you know, my father's theory was if anybody else can do it, you can do it, you know. So, so I was encouraged uh, throughout my life about potential. But, you know, I mean... In order for us to wake up, uh, some of us need a wake-up call. And, and, you know, when I was in my 20s, I got run over by a truck in a triathlon and broke six vertebrae in my back and was told I'd never walk again. And so that was a defining moment for me because um, I was weighing what I knew uh, against what I didn't know. And, and uh, the, the, the recommendation was a radical surgery where they uh, put in stainless steel rods. And in my case, it would be from the base of my neck to the base of my spine to stabilize uh, the compression fractures. Uh, so I had four opinions from four of the leading surgeons in Southern California, and they all said, Harrington rod surgery, you'll never walk again. And, and I decided against the surgery, Sean, because I was in my 20s, and I just couldn't imagine living uh, on addictive medication or just being restricted uh, in some way. So I thought I had nothing to lose, you know. So I, I just had this idea that there's a, a principle that says that power that made the body heals the body. And so... I wasn't going anywhere, I wasn't doing anything, and I thought if I could connect with this intelligence that's really, that's giving us life, and begin to give it a plan or an instruction, to give it some template, and then when I was pleased with the design, then surrender uh, that, that idea to a greater mind, because I couldn't do the healing, something innate in me would do that healing, and it worked. Yeah, and I was back in my feet uh, in about 10 and a half weeks and, and back into my life at 12 weeks. And, um, and then I started getting curious, like, what happened? I mean, how did, how did all this change? And, and so you, can't, you won't find those answers in conventional textbooks. You got to start looking outside the box, you know, and looking at neuroplasticity and epigenetics and psychoneuroimmunology and electromagnetism and, and the quantum theory of reality. And so... It started me on this journey to really just see, well, if it worked for me, is it possible that it works for other people? So I started studying spontaneous remissions and interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the world that were treating conventionally and non-conventionally. They were staying the same, and then they got worse. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, they did something, and they all of a sudden started to improve. And I wanted to know what the cause was that was producing that effect. And so I started doing the research, wrote a book, and... Uh, and then, you know, was in What the Bleep, and, and then I noticed there was a shift after What the Bleep, and what I noticed was that people were asking, how? How do you do it? And I think that's a really important question, because I think this is a time in history where it's not enough to know. This is a time in history to know how. Yeah. And how is it going to affect us? How is it going to affect your life? How is it going to affect my life? What am I going to do with this information? And so we started teaching workshops and teaching people how, and how to change their brainwaves, and what is meditation, and and do thoughts really become things, and what is the, what are those principles? And um, we started seeing uh, people starting to heal. Uh, we started uh, seeing people creating better jobs, better opportunities, more wealth. And then we started seeing people having really profoundly mystical experiences, transcendental moments. And then we started doing a lot of research. We brought in a team of uh, scientists and researchers, and my interest is to demystify that process, that, that, it's, that we can reproduce it. And probably in the last 10 years, we have made such great strides. And, um, and we now know there's a formula uh, just on all the research that we've done that we can teach people uh, how to begin to change their mind and, and really begin to, 
produce an effect in their body and then ultimately create change in their life. And, and wow, what a great time to be alive. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that so much. And I think this is a good segue because talking about the mind and changing our mind in order to change what's happening with our bodies, uh, our thoughts really do create our biology. And But one of the things I've heard you say is that our biology is redundant. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? How's our thoughts created our biology? <clears throat> well, if you think about it, I mean, it's it's really common sense. I mean, some of the research shows that you know, 90% of the thoughts that we think on a daily basis are the same thoughts as the day before. So if you think that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, and 90% of your thoughts are the same known thoughts that you're always thinking, then your life should stay the same. Because the same thoughts lead to the same choices. The same choices lead to the same behaviors. The same behaviors create the same experiences. The same experiences produce the same emotions. Those same emotions tend to influence the way we think. And our biology, our neurocircuitry, our neurochemistry, our hormones, and even our gene expression is equal to how we think, how we act, and how we feel. And how you think, how you act, and how you feel is called your personality. And your personality creates your personal reality. That's it. So then it makes sense then if you want to create a new personal reality, a new life, you're going to have to change your personality. And you've got to start thinking about what you've been thinking about and change it. You've got to become aware of your unconscious habits and behaviors, even how you speak. Then you have to look at the emotions that you live by every single day and decide, do these emotions belong in my future? So many people try to create a new life as the same person. Right. In order to create a new personal reality, you've got to change your personality. So the principle in neuroscience says that nerve cells that fire together wire together. Thinking the same way, making the same choices, demonstrating the same actions, creating the same experiences that stamp the same networks of neurons into the same patterns, all for the familiar feeling called you. And you do that for 10 years in a row. Well, you're going to hardwire your brain into a very finite signature because you're firing and wiring that way. And that box in the brain, that becomes our personality, becomes our identity. And by the time we're 35 years old, for the most part, we've done something so many times that the body now knows how to do it as well as the mind, and that's a habit. So we have these unconscious programs of, of behaviors, automatic habits, um, redundant emotional reactions, hardwired beliefs, perceptions, attitudes that function just like a computer program. You press go and it runs automatically. So then when it comes time to change, thinking positively is gonna do nothing because your body has been conditioned for the most part into a program in the past. So the thought never makes it to the body because the body's on a different program. So how do we begin to influence the body so that the thought actually produces some type of change? So think about it. If you think an unhappy thought, you're going to feel unhappy. Yeah. If you think you're a failure, you're going to feel like a failure. Once you feel like a failure, you're going to think you're a failure. And people get caught in these loops of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking. And that redundancy is a conditioning process because all you need is an image or a picture or a thought and a feeling, a response, a stimulus response. And so the people tend to condition their brain and body into the past. And so when it comes time to change, you gotta leave that familiar territory. And any choice that you make, if you said, hey, I'm gonna eat a better diet, I'm gonna wake up early and work out, I'm gonna do meditation, the moment you decide to do something differently, get ready because it's gonna feel uncomfortable. It's gonna feel unfamiliar. There's gonna be some uncertainty. You're not gonna be able to predict the next moment. That means you've left your known biology and you're stepping into the unknown. Now, theoretically, that sounds great, but 
If the body has been conditioned into a familiar feeling, it's in the known. The moment you take it outside the familiarity, it wants to go back to where it's comfortable. So the body starts influencing the mind, and this is where people say, ah, oh, why don't you start your diet tomorrow? Oh, why don't you start working out this evening? Uh, you're really never going to change. You know, you're too tired. You have a headache. You know, uh, this doesn't feel right. And this is where people talk themselves out of it because if they respond to that thought, that thought leads to the same choice, which leads to the same behavior, creates the same experience, produces the same feeling. And then they say, this feels right. No, that feels familiar. Mm. So going from one state of mind and body to another state of mind and body, you got to cross a river. And the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before. Now, once people understand that they're going to be uncomfortable, then the question is, what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors will you demonstrate in one day? And the act of closing your eyes and rehearsing who you're going to be when you open your eyes begins to install neurological hardware in your brain to look like you've already done it. Now the brain, which is typically a record of the past, now becomes a map to the future. And if you keep doing it, the hardware begins to become a software program and you start behaving differently. And then if you can teach your body emotionally what the future will feel like, that means then you're not going to wait for your wealth to feel abundant or your success to feel empowered or your new relationship to feel love. In fact, the moment you start feeling abundant, you're generating wealth. The moment you start embracing empowerment, you're stepping towards your success. The moment you're in love with yourself and you're in love with life, you start creating equals in your life. Now that's causing an effect in your life. So many people just, many people... They already know how to do this, but they usually wait for the worst thing to happen in their life before they get the wake-up call. And that's actually my story. Um, I spent many years, you know, just kind of believing that I was my mind, you know, and just I realized once I started the meditation process that I'd really not had a conscious thought my entire life. I was just going through the motions. And in the environment that I came from, is a lot of unhealthy habits. And so I found myself in a place where I broke my hip at track practice, just running a time trial, 200 meter, 200 meter time trial. And I was 15 years old. Nobody stopped to ask, how did the 15 year old kid break his hip from running? Mm -hmm. It sounds very unusual, but it wasn't until about four years later, things got so bad that I started having difficulty walking mm -hmm. and come to find out I had degenerative bone disease, degenerative disc disease, two herniated discs just from living, mm -hmm. right? And so my doctors told me I had the spine of an eight year old man. And so very similar to your story, I saw four physicians and they recommended the same thing. Just be careful, stay, wear a back brace, mm -hmm. potential surgery. But after all of those no's, I had to say yes to myself mm -hmm. at a point and I had to change the way that I was thinking. And for me, a big lead in was like with, through food. And so all of these mediums really do matter. And so for all, all of us, and this is what I wanna ask you about, we think that when we wanna get this new result, that we can just do it, we can just try. But what you're saying is you gotta be ready because a lot of hell's gonna break loose once you try to change who you are mm -hmm. if you're not prepared by changing what yeah. you're thinking first. Yeah, yeah. It's, we've actually studied this uh, on functional scans. You, you know, many times, um, you know, when we're looking at a person's brain in real time when they're going through some type of change or transformation, you see this massive amount of disorderliness going on in the brain, like the person is really losing their mind. All the mm -hmm. circuitry is coming unglued. 
there's all this cognitive dissonance taking place. That's the moment they want to quit. That's the moment they want to give up. That's the moment they don't believe in anything and they believe in themselves. That is the prime moment where change takes place right there because that's the end. They're on the edge on the edge there. So it's important for people to understand that if you're going about living every single day in the familiar life that you're living in and you don't have a vision of the future, then you, you'll continue to live in routine. And if you wake up every morning and you do the same thing as you did the day before, over time your body's gonna be on autopilot mm -hmm. and it's gonna drag you into a predictable future based on what you did in the past. And many people lose their free will to a bunch of programs. Mm -hmm. So then <clears throat> when you sit down and you become conscious of your unconscious thoughts, when you're in the program, you're unconscious, right? So the moment you become conscious of that thought, you're no longer the thought. You're observing the thought and you begin to objectify your subjective self. You start pulling out of the unconscious program and consciousness, awareness is the first step to do that. And so many people don't want to light a match in a dark place because all of a sudden when they decide to be defined by a vision of the future, they're stepping out of the known. You're gonna hear, I can't, it's too hard, it's not gonna work, what about this? And those are the thoughts that are standing in the way between that person and that vision. And it has to come up. And if a person has been in the habit of unconsciously complaining and making excuses and feeling sorry for themselves and judging other people, that's their habit. The moment they become conscious of it, now, now they're out of the bleachers and they're on, they're on the field, right? Because mm -hmm. now you have to not let that thought slip by your awareness unnoticed. And then if you're living in guilt or suffering or pain or unhappiness, but you live that way every day and it just feels like you and all of a sudden you become aware, oh my God, I've been guilty for the last 10 years. I didn't even know it, it just mm -hmm. felt like me. You're starting to separate yourself from your biology and so, you have to go through the process of unlearning before you relearn. And that 95% of who we are, that is what's stopping us from stepping into a new future. So then if people then are waking up every single day, you know, think about this, the brain is a record of the past. If you wake up every morning and you start thinking about your problems and your problems are just memories that are etched in your brain that are connected to certain people and problems and certain objects and things in certain times and places, the moment you start remembering your problems, you're thinking in the past, right? Yeah. And if every one of those problems has an emotion associated with it, and you start feeling bad or unhappy, now your body's in the past. So thoughts are the language of the brain and feelings are the language of your body. And how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So most people then, they start their day in the familiar past. Then they get up and they run through a routine series of behaviors and their body's now habituated on autopilot into a predictable future. That's the known. So the familiar past, the predictable future are both the known. There's only one place where the unknown exists and that's the present moment. Mm. So then when you're creative, you gotta be present. You gotta pay attention to be creative and that, that defies or it goes against the programming. And so then there's this, there has to be some type of waging of intention that's greater than those programs. And most people, they get uncomfortable. They'd rather just get on their cell phone or you know, turn on the TV and watch a football game or distract themselves from that feeling. But when people really make up their mind to change, they have to come up against those 
feelings, those habits, those hardwired attitudes. And, and it takes a great act of will. But when we do it, the side effect is we see changes not only in our health, but in our lives as well. And then we say, wow, that really worked. And now we're the example of truth. That's what makes it so cool. Yeah. So the goal is to lose our minds. You I've, literally have to lose your mind so and create a new one. I've never thought about it like that. And that's powerful. I mean, and also it would seem like that from the outside world as well. You know, your, your friends, family, you know, when you're working on changing you, who you are, obviously, you know, it's one of the things people say, like you're losing your mind. Yeah. And that's the goal. That's as you should take it as a compliment. <laughs> you should tell them I'm losing the mind that I need to lose. Yeah. Oh, that love that. Love because that. you don't leave everything. Yeah. You have certain skills, certain good habits, certain ways that you execute and you think you want to take that into your future. Yeah. But don't take your lack or your insecurity. Don't take your pain or your misery. That stays. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you can't think greater than how you feel in your life, then you're thinking in the past, and your life will stay the same. So teaching people how to break out of the biology of their hardwired programs, the biology of the conditioning emotionally of their body, the biology of their habituations is, is a is a process that requires a great amount of energy and awareness. But people are doing it, and they're doing it really successfully. Yeah. So I love that analogy of lighting a match in a dark place. And when you said it, I thought about the Lord of the Rings. Like um, uh, Gandalf, he like has a staff, and there's like all this darkness, and he lights it, and there's like n unpleasant things around them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like creating this opportunity to see the stuff that's kind of hidden in our minds. And so when I started the process of meditation, and I've done shows just talking about the science behind meditation, the benefits, mm -hmm. like just the stuff in the data, in the clinical evidence, it's phenomenal. But what I don't talk about often is that it's not necessarily easy because like I kind of had to learn how to live my life again mm -hmm. after I was awake mm -hmm. to the fact that I was awake in a sense. And just kind of pointing back to when we light that and, and we see some of these negative qualities, for example, like it wasn't the fact that all these bad things were happening around me, it was me. Yeah. Like I had these negative perceptions about life. I was living my life, like you talk about these patterns of personality traits, I believed that life was struggle. Like everything had to be hard. Like I couldn't just graduate from high school. I had to get kicked out of high school in order to graduate. I couldn't just graduate from college, I had to get kicked out first. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't just have the things I wanted, I had to go through all of this struggle. And so I would manifest more of that. And like, that was a thing that switched for me. I start to think differently that, you know what, if I fall in love with this process, like even the challenges are fun now. Yeah, you know? that's how powerful we are. You could actually, like the story we tell ourselves is how we perceive the world. And so then, then when we create the difficulties in our life, it reaffirms the belief that life is hard that it's really someone out there that's doing it to us, that it's the circumstance in the past that created this. Okay, let's take away the person that did it. Let's shoot him to the moon. Let's, uh, let's erase your past. Now, now, what are you gonna do now? Like, you, still, you still gotta do something, right? You're still alive. And I say we already know how to do this. We already know how to do this. We're wired to be creators. We're wired to do this. The thing that stops us, for the most part, in doing it is really the hormones of stress, because living in stress constantly is living in survival, and living in survival is living in emergency. In an emergency, it's not a time to create. Mm. In an emergency, it's not a time to open your heart. It's not a time to learn. It's not even a time to sit still. So most people then that are living in stress and living in survival, 
they can't believe in a future yet because it's not a time to create. So getting people to that point where they make up their mind and they make up their mind enough to begin to think there's got to be a better way, there's got to be something else. That awakening process typically happens when people reach their lowest denominator. They hit rock bottom because then they can see themselves through the eyes of somebody else. You're, you're, you feel so altered, you're not returning any texts. You feel so altered, you don't want to go to dinner with your buddies. You feel so altered, you know, you don't want to watch your favorite TV show. You're just, you're just disconnected. And that's when you start observing yourself. But my message is, why wait for that? I mean, you can learn and change in pain and suffering, or you can learn and change in joy and inspiration. If you're waking up every morning being defined by a vision of the future instead of the memories of the past, and you get up and you're inspired from an elevated self now instead of a limited self, you could observe the old self from an elevated state instead of that diminished state, and people are doing that. So they are aware of those thoughts. And yes, it takes uh, effort, and if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Mm. But just because you have a thought doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And when you start looking and observing those thoughts, um, I think you are like Gandalf, because Gandalf also said, you know, you may not pass, mm. you know, when he meant like that kind of severity when it comes to how we, we make up our mind about things. That's the kind of energy or intention that begins to create the biggest volume of change in our life. And I've interviewed thousands of people in our work that have healed from really serious health conditions. And I would say about 90% of them when I asked them, so what happened? The first thing they say all the time is, I just made up my mind. I just made up my mind I was gonna do this. And they made a decision with such firm intention that the amplitude of that decision carried a level of energy that was greater than the hardwired programs in their brain and the emotional conditioning in their body. And the choice that they made caused their body to respond to a new mind. In fact, the choice they made became a moment that they would never forget. It was an event. And the stronger the emotion they felt, the more they paid attention to the choice. And in a sense, they were remembering their future. And the body emotionally was getting a sampling, a taste of the future. And they're aligned to that future, and that's when the body's healing began. That's when the miracle started, right in that moment. That's how powerful we really are. Now, what if you did that every day? What if you made up your mind every single day you weren't gonna get up from your meditation until you were that person you wanted to be? Game on now, because you'd have to do battle with all the things that are not consistent with it, and that's exactly how our brain works. So then, if you wanna be wealthy, you can't feel lack. You want to be a master. You can't judge your coworker. You want to be like somebody great in history. Then you better execute peace in every area of your life. That's that's the law. So you take the prayer out on the road now. You take the prayer. You're the living example of the prayer. That's where that's where it matters the most. And that's when people start getting suspicious and say, "Sean, man, did you change your medication? I mean, you're looking way too happy all of a sudden." Well, you're not relying on anything outside of you to bring you joy. You're 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 overcoming yourself every day. And people say to me, "Well, why do you do your meditations in the morning?" I always say, "Easy." Because if I can overcome myself at the beginning of the day, the rest of the day is easy. Because right. that's the biggest that's the biggest mastery, Absolutely. right? Is the self. And so people are waking up to that, and you know they they enjoy the process of seeing when they make those type of changes. 
the feedback that's happening in their lives, you know, the synchronicities, the opportunities, the coincidences, you know, those serendipities that are starting to happen and they're going, wow, I am powerful. Hey, I am a creator. And nobody's excluded from the equation. That's what makes it so cool. So people that are really sick, really, really sick, that are healing, they'll tell you that when they go to the doctor and the doctor said, where's the stage four cancer? They'll tell, they'll tell the doctor it's in the old person. I'm somebody else. Mm. Well, how'd you do it? Well, I downregulated the genes for disease by overcoming these emotions and these behaviors and thoughts, and I upregulated the genes for, for health. The doctor kind of looks at him and is like, wow, because it is possible to do that. And we've actually measured it in our events. You, we know that in four days, you can really change your gene expression. Genes that help uh, restore balance, you know, for uh, cancer cells and tumors, the genes that activate stem cells to repair uh, the cells that are damaged, the genes for neurogenesis, the growth of new neurons in your brain, genes for oxidative balance, for, uh, for the microtubules, the cellular structure, and the replication of cells. These are all activated in four days by people thinking differently, making different choices, doing different things, you know, having new experiences, feeling new emotions. Your genes actually change. And so we're not doomed by our genes. We're not hardwired to be a certain way for the rest of our lives. We are marvels of adaptability and change. So then what does it mean to change? Change means then to be greater than your body, greater than the body that has been conditioned emotionally to be the mind, greater than the body habituated into a predictable future, to be greater than the environment, to be greater than the conditions in your life. And if you're not being defined by a vision of the future and you wake up every morning, it makes total sense then when you see the same people and you go to the same places and you do the exact same thing at the exact same time. Now your personality is no longer creating your personal reality. Your personal reality is creating your personality Mm. because every person, every object, everything, every place is mapped neurologically in your brain. And since you've experienced your boss, since you've experienced your coworker, since you've experienced your ex, the moment you've experienced them at some point, there's an emotion associated with them. So then all of a sudden people wake up and they don't know where this, but their environment is influencing the way they think and the way they feel. So when things are going good, they feel good. When things are bad, they feel bad, which means they're victims to their environment. Why are you unhappy? Well, this person made me unhappy, which means unconsciously, that person is actually controlling the way I feel and the way I think. Now I'm a victim to that circumstance. So to change then is to be greater than that environment. So then you would have to reprogram the way you'd think and the way you'd feel to no longer return back to the same state of being. Now that's, that's the mastery, because it isn't just having a great meditation and then getting on the freeway and flipping everybody off or judging <laughs> your coworker. Right. You just return back to the old self. You gotta be able to maintain that modified state of mind and body your entire day. And if you can, get ready, because weird things are gonna happen in your life. So the person who's starting to try it out in a curious way Let's just do the experiment. Let's just see if I change my energy. I change the way I think I feel and feel. Is there going to be some effect in my life? When they start seeing that, they're no longer like, oh, I got to go create my, you know, my life today. They're actually excited to do it because they don't want the magic to end. They want to keep it going. Now, that's when it gets kind of cool because this is when you start believing in yourself. 
And when you believe in yourself, you believe in possibilities, right? When you believe in possibilities, you gotta believe in yourself. When you stop believing in possibilities, you can't believe in yourself. So people are waking up and going, wow, it doesn't matter your skin color, it doesn't matter how rich you are, it doesn't matter how healthy you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, how in shape, out of shape. Not, not, not even if you've ever meditated before, it doesn't even matter. It's a formula. And you don't need 40 years of dedication to meditation to get it. You just gotta understand the formula. And like playing ping pong, or hitting a golf ball, or dancing the salsa, you're gonna figure it out sooner or later, and it's gonna get easier, and it's gonna get fun. That's what we want for people. Oh my goodness. There were several times that I got the chills. Like, I've, of course, like a lot of people know my story, but to hear you articulate some of these things that nobody's ever said before in almost 400 episodes, I've mentioned them, but you consolidated it in such a way that, you know, my rock bottom was sitting there and it was like a meta perspective of myself, you know, and I could see myself sitting on the edge of the bed, holding these bottles of pills to knock myself out so I can sleep. And that's when I decided, like I decided to get well in that moment after I'd gotten all those no's. You'll never forget that moment. That is the moment that defined you. It's crazy, you know, and so that, was that moment where I started to lose my mind, basically. You know, I've never said those words before, but it's like, like you said, like I made up my mind. When you said that earlier, that the person has, they, made, they just say, I made up my mind, that's exactly what happened. And I felt chills in my body from that. And so to fast forward that a little bit, um, getting back to something you, well, actually we're gonna step back to go forward, but you mentioned the present moment and that basically, really this is where all of this stuff is happening. Mm. But I think that that word can be a little bit vague. Yeah. So can you like define yeah, what that means? Yeah, for I'm us? so glad you said that because it it's, it means you're 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 engaged. Um, I assert that if you're not in the present moment, you're running a program, right? And paying attention is being present, and it's a skill just like anything else. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. And you know when someone's present with you in your life because they're paying attention to you. And you know when they're not present with you because they're not paying attention to you. So where you place your attention is where you place your energy. So if you have all of your attention in the present moment, you're conserving a lot of energy to create with. If I'm talking to you and you're thinking about where you're gonna go for lunch and who you're gonna go with and how you're gonna get there, and I'm talking to you, you left the present moment and your attention went to some future. And your energy will go down and you won't be able to comprehend what I said. If you start thinking about what you should have said at the staff meeting three days ago, mm. and I'm talking to you and your, your mind is back in the past, you're siphoning energy out of the present moment into the past. So. People are constantly siphoning their energy into a familiar past or a predictable future because that's where their attention is. And the stronger the emotions that we feel to certain problems and conditions in our life, the more we pay attention to them. Right. So we give our power away to our ex. We give our power away to that big problem. And that's, that's creative energy <laughs> that we should be able to use to create a new future. So then when a person's sitting in a meditation and they're doing absolutely nothing, and it's eight o'clock in the morning, and their body for the last 10 years has been going in traffic and getting angry and frustrated in traffic, and now they're sitting in a meditation at eight o'clock in the morning. The body's gonna say, hey, you're off schedule. I'm used <laughs> to suffering and getting angry here. Yeah. So the body's gonna start looking for that emotion, and it's gonna start influencing the mind, and you're gonna start getting images 
and, and, and memories, just so you could feel that emotion. Like mm. now, now the person's back in the past, but if they become aware that they're siphoning energy out of the present moment into the past, and they settle the body back down into the present moment, that's a victory. And those victories add up. And you're telling the body in that moment that it's no longer the mind, that you're the mind. And that's a victory. And then people get frustrated and they say, I can't meditate. Oh, really? Well, actually, you're doing it right. That's actually what meditation, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden, the body says, well, it's 8.15 now. This is when you normally you know, go get something to eat and you have your coffee and your body's starting to want to get up and do something. You become aware that your body wants to get up and move and you're in the meditation. And you tell your body, uh-uh. You bring it back to the present moment and you settle it back down. You are training the animal. That's a victory. Now you're executing a will that's greater than the program because most people lose their free will to a program. Now you're telling the body, I'll tell you when we get up, not when you want to get up. You're not the mind, I'm the mind. And that's a victory. Now, we've done the research on this. If you keep doing this and you stay with it, sooner or later, the body's going to surrender to a new mind. And when that happens, Sean, there's a liberation of energy. The body is freed from those habituations and those emotions. The body's going from particle to wave, from matter to energy. And all of a sudden, you're dialing down the anger. You're dialing down the vigilance. And the body now is being conditioned to a new mind. That is the present moment. And when you're in that present moment, something really amazing happens. You forget about you. All of a sudden, you're not your face, you're not your culture, you're not your, your uh, marital status, you're not your diet, you're not your, your past. You're basically just an awareness. You're in the unknown. And that is the perfect place to create from. So it turns out that when people do this properly, they heal themselves of anxiety. Why? Because they're no longer obsessing about some future. When they find the present moment, they heal their, from their depression because they're not a bit hopeless and powerless in their past. The body's conditioned now. And so then, when they overcome themselves in their meditation, and they step out into their life, they are more present. They can connect. They are more patient. They are more loving because they overcome the animal part of themselves. And the beauty behind that is, is that all of a sudden, you're not predictable. Mm. All of a sudden, something's different about Sean. He's, mm. he's not, I'm noticing he's not behaving the same way. You're out of the known, right? You're in the unknown. And all of a sudden, people, it's no longer what you're saying to them. It's who you are. They're just kind of scratching their head going, hey, he looks like he's really happy. I want some of that. And now we're out of the philosophical, theoretical realm. We're in the practicum, which is where really the magic happens. So the eternal present moment, the sweet spot of the generous present moment is the place we create from. And when we are, when we're there, we disconnect from our bodies. We become nobody. We disconnect from people in our lives. We're not thinking about our ex or our boss. We are no one. We're not thinking about our cell phone or computer. Uh, we are no thing. We are not thinking about where we live, where we work, where we sleep. We are nowhere. And we're not thinking about the predictable future and the familiar past. We're in no time. And when you're disconnecting or dissociating from everything known, you're in the unknown. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I just want to shout out everybody who's been working on themselves to experience some of this. You know, I know a lot of people listening have touched uh, many of these moments. And to know, I just want to give everybody a little bit of a heads up. If you haven't, when people say those things like you've changed or maybe you forgot where you've come from, say thank you. Yeah. You know, because that means you're progressing. And I love, I was going to ask you about this, like, 
now that we understand that we are really a function of the personality that we've created, for me, immediately comes up, it can be scary to change the personality, the person that I am, that I know, that I'm comfortable with. And understand our personality is really a function of our behaviors and our patterns and things that we've been accustomed to. Changing that personality, again, it starts by having those little moments of victory, right? So I was going to ask you, like, how do we change all this? How do we change the way that we feel habitually? How do we change our habitual thoughts? Uh. It's just getting those. Is that part of it with the well, meditation? Well, the word meditation means to become familiar with. That's exactly what that symbol means, a familiarization. So if you're sitting in your meditation and your brain is going, you can't quit, it's too hard, you're becoming familiar with those thoughts, that's a meditation. There's no such thing as a bad meditation, there's just overcoming yourself. You're sitting there and your body wants to get up and do things and check your email and check your texts, and you become aware that it's doing that, and you become familiar with that, you're in a meditation. If you're realizing that you're angry and frustrated and resentful and all you're doing is sitting there, that's in there. Now you're becoming familiar with that old self. That's a good thing. And if you start saying, what thoughts do I want to fire and wire in my brain, and you keep firing and wiring them, you're going to become familiar with those. You start reviewing who you're going to be when you open your eyes, and you keep reviewing it, keep reviewing it, reviewing it. You keep firing and wiring, it's going to become familiar to you. And if you trade resentment and impatience for gratitude and freedom and joy, and you start making those chemicals in your meditation every single day, I swear to you, you'll get familiar with that. So the process of change is unlearning and relearning. It is breaking the habit of the old self and reinventing a new self. And we use meditation as a way to change our brain and body to be different be greater than the environment, be greater than our, our emotions and, and habits, and be, and be greater than the predictable future and the familiar past. So meditation is a way then to get us in the right state of mind and body. So when we present ourselves to the world, we're a better expression of it. And then pra practicing and staying aware your entire day so that, so that you can actually master something about yourself. Now, what's the, what's the side effect of that? You're more in love with you because you overcame you. You're, and as you overcome, and you overcome, and you keep overcoming, you're going to become somebody else. And, and so the beauty behind that is then your life begins to change in really mysterious and unusual ways. And people say, oh my God, I was so happy I forgot about my back pain or my neck pain, or I forgot about my food allergies, or whatever people are dealing with, it, something biologically shifts in them, and they're freer. They're more whole. They're less separate. You know, They feel more pleased and, and satisfied with themselves, and they really don't care what people think of them. Mm -hmm. And they really stop judging other people because they're, they're, they're not judging themselves any longer. So, so you could only talk around these concepts. You, you really have to really apply them to really begin to see the fruits of your efforts. But um, common people around the world are doing the uncommon because of it. Hmm. And I think it's important for us to realize, and I, I really want you to talk about this, that the possibility of that life that you want already exists. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big thing for people to wrap their head around because you'd have to step out of the classical physics of the Newtonian world where we live in this realm of uh, uh, three-dimensional reality and we experience with our senses and everything has height and depth and width and we narrow our focus on the material world and we navigate in this way. And this realm has an infinite amount of space. Space is eternal. And we experience time 
as we move through space. So we move from one point of awareness, I'm here, the door's over there, that's another point of awareness. And as I move my body from one point of consciousness to another point of consciousness, as I move through space, I experience time. So if we're gonna create matter to matter, you know, three-dimensional reality, and we're gonna get things done, it's just gonna take time for us to get the new house, the new car, because we gotta work and save our money and do all that stuff. Well, that's playing by the rules of Newtonian physics and three-dimensional reality. When you play by the rules of the quantum, in the, in the quantum there's an infinite amount of time. Now time is eternal. Now imagine if you had an infinite amount of time, how many things could you get done? Infinite number of things equal right. to your thoughts, right? That's the quantum. So the quantum is time is eternal and there's all possibilities exist in the present moment in the quantum. So in three-dimensional reality, Newtonian physics, it's about the predictable. The quantum is immaterial. Nothing's local yet in space and time. All possibilities exist as frequency, as energy, as vibration, as information, as consciousness in the realm of thought. So in the quantum, anything is possible. And it's no different than looking um, in a dressing room where there's mirrors this way and mirrors this way and you see an infinite number of views. That's, there's an infinite number of possible realities where one small thing is changed. Just one small thing. You shaved with your left hand today, that now you're in a different reality. <laughs> you did your meditation, you connected, you come back, you just moved out of that dressing room, and now you're in a dressing room that looks just like that, but something's different. Your, your wife still looks the same, everybody looks the same, but all of a sudden, here's that phone call, here's that email, here's that opportunity. Hmm, now I'm in a whole new, a new dimension, right? So in that quantum realm then, because it's non-local, we have to actually create not with our bodies. We have to dissociate from our bodies. We, if we're our, we can't enter the quantum field as a somebody, we have to enter as a nobody. So teaching people how to pass through the eye of the needle is that moment they become nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere, no time. That's the moment they're pure consciousness. Now, teaching people how to create from the field instead of from matter, uh, has taken me many, many years. Yeah. But um, now people that are doing it are seeing those kind of instantaneous changes taking place because when they begin to change their energy, and all potentials in the quantum field exist as electromagnetic potentials, and thoughts are the electrical charge and feelings are the magnetic charge, and how you think and how you feel is broadcasting information on a daily basis. So when a person changes their thoughts and feelings and they're creating from the field, when there's a vibrational match between their energy and that potential in the quantum field and they're creating connected to the source and that source energy is actually connecting everything material, they no longer have to go anywhere and get it. In fact, now, they're actually going to collapse time and space or the experience is gonna be drawn to them. Now they're the magnet. That's when they start drawing experiences to them. Now they're not going anywhere to get them. Now they're coming to them. That's, the, that's when it gets fun. Mm. Listen, guys, I hope that your mind is being blown like mine is. And we're going to talk about a little bit of a highlight because, like he said, he's been trying to figure this out and teach this for many years. And now he's developed a level of mastery that's just bar none. But we're going to talk about some of the highlights of this process to change your results, to change your reality. And we'll do that right after this quick break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I was just riding in the car with my family. It was my wife and my two sons, Jordan, who's 19, and my youngest son, Brayden, who is eight. And Jordan was talking about how in his last year of high school, 
he was getting that coffee hitter. Like I had no idea that from time to time he would pick up a little bit of that crack bucks, all right, a little Starbucks. And he was just like, because it's, he's not really one of those people that likes coffee necessarily, but he was just like, some days, you know, dad, you like you get up and you're just like, well, not today. But then you have that coffee and you're like, today, today is the day. And it's so funny because when I was in high school, I never saw anybody drink coffee. But before Jordan got his first car, you know, I drop him off at, at school every day. And I would see the students just walking in, holding their crack box cups, right? It's just like, it's being bred into our culture at younger and younger ages. But the reality is cultures throughout the world have been uh, enjoying and utilizing coffee for centuries, right? And in childhood. And it's only recently that this mass production, mass quantity, lower quality has become so pervasive, right? And so now not only are you getting the conventional coffee, but you're also getting a lot of toxicity along with it, the mold, the pesticides, the herbicides. And this is creating an atmosphere where the benefits, the potential benefits of coffee are now going down. And people are just going to it because it's a source of caffeine or it's a source of sugar. Right, because a lot of people don't even truly enjoy coffee. They love the stuff that's in it, right? The sugar and the cream and those things. But for me, and what I've been really directing people the last few years, because I was just not a fan of coffee, is let's get coffee, but let's upgrade it tremendously by utilizing some of these powerful medicinal mushrooms along with the coffee. And I do that through Four Sigmatic and their incredible mushroom formulas, their mushroom coffee. Now, when people hear about mushroom coffee, medicinal mushrooms, they might come up with, well, what kind of mushrooms are those, Sean? I'm not talking about psychedelic mushrooms and not talking about culinary mushrooms. I'm talking about the category of medicinal mushrooms. So these mushrooms have been utilized, again, literally for centuries. And this one in particular has documentation from over 2000 years ago with cordyceps. And now today, what's so beautiful is that we have our clinical evidence to affirm the efficacy that our ancestors knew about many, many centuries ago. And so this was a study, and this was published recently in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, tested 30 healthy test subjects for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps on their performance in their sport. And the group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen intake of the control group and this oxygen, again, is essential for supplying nutrients to your cells for preventing fatigue and buildup of lactic acid. And another study done by the same group showed that there was an overall 9% increase in aerobic activity, in aerobic performance from taking and utilizing cordyceps. Now, this is a real whole food, earth-grown nutrient sourced ingredient. This isn't a hyperstimulant, which caffeine in and of itself can be, and what Four Sigmatic was able to do is to reduce the amount of caffeine and add in another natural adaptogen and supporter of your energy that really helps to create this balanced energy. You'll never have those crashes or these strange, crazy coffee jitters that you can get when you utilize Four Sigmatic. All right, so pop over there, check them out, get your hands on some like yesterday. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G. M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash model. Get 15% off the Cordyceps Coffee 
the lion's mane coffee if you really want to focus on that mental fortitude because lion's mane mushroom this is from the university of malaya found that lion's mane is able to actually create new brain cells that's right it has neurogenesis capabilities right literally the creation of new brain cells and it's found to be neuroprotective and now it's being studied for use for traumatic brain injuries as well wow like you can't get that from crackbox but you can get that from Four Sigmatic. All right, so pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model for 15% off everything. If you're not a fan of coffee, they've got the mushroom coffees and they're just straight mushroom elixirs as well. So whether it's cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, you can get the real thing. Dual extracted, you're not getting this from other companies. They're doing a hot water extract and an alcohol extract to actually get all the nutrients you're looking for. All right, so pop over there, check them out, foursigmatic.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. All right, we're back and we're talking with Dr. Joe Dispenza, author of pretty much every book that I love. Uh, I've got Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself right here right now, and I'm listening to Becoming Supernatural on audiobook simultaneously. Nice. All right, so just packing as much as I can in here. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about being able to actually change our reality, to change our results, because everything that we can imagine, if we can imagine it, it's possible. And that's really, really powerful and something to wrap our minds around. But something specifically in Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself that you said, because I did a show talking about the science of gratitude, but something you said just stuck out and I wish that I had known this before. So in the book, you state that when you express gratitude for something that hasn't happened yet, quote, you are moving from cause and effect, waiting for something outside of you to make a change inside of you, to causing an effect. So you're moving from cause and effect to causing an effect, changing something inside of you to produce an effect outside of you, right? So let's talk about how gratitude plays into this because I think this is very practical. Yeah, well this took me a long time, Sean, to figure out because I think that when people are say they want a new job or they want a new relationship or they want to be healthy, they're, they're actually waiting for their health to improve to feel gratitude. Right. They're waiting for their new relationship to feel joy and gratitude and thankfulness. Uh, you know, they're waiting for the new career to happen. And once it happens, then they celebrate and feel gratitude. Well, if you believe that your thoughts and feelings produce an effect in your life and you're living in the lack every single day waiting for it to happen, you're separate from the experience, right? So if you think about the emotional signature of gratitude, when you are receiving something that you like, that's pleasurable, you've just gotten or received something that is pleasurable, something just happened to you or something's happening to you that you like, you say thank you, you feel gratitude. So the emotional signature of gratitude is that you, something has already happened. And it is the absolute perfect state of receiving. It is the absolute state of receivership. So. Here's an example. Person gets a diagnosis. The diagnosis is something like cancer. The first moment they hear that word, they feel fear. They feel a change in their internal state and they pay attention to what the doctor says. They take a snapshot and they create that memory. They remember the moment the doctor said that. So now they're in fear, they're scared, and they're going to think positively or they're saying, I'm going to beat this thing. Well, if they're feeling fear, they can only accept, believe, and surrender to the thoughts equal to their emotional state. 
that fear will, fear thoughts will be the only ones that will make it in there. Now, if the person changes fear to gratitude, as an example, and they really start training their heart, we can, we can measure when a person feels gratitude what happens to their heart. Their heart gets regulated. It gets, starts beating more coherently. It starts increasing energy to the brain. It starts creating an ambient field around the body. This is, this is when your heart starts working for you. That when a person starts feeling gratitude, then the emotional signature in the body is that something's happening to them or something's just happened to them. So if you're in a state of gratitude, you're in a state of receiving, then the thoughts that you think will make it to the body and program the autonomic nervous system into a different destiny. So just in four days, we found that when people, 10 minutes a day for four days, traded anger, frustration, fear, all those limited emotions for gratitude, that their immune system improved by 50%. They made immunoglobulins that made their body stronger. Now that's, if a pharmaceutical company had a drug that could strengthen <laughs> immunoglobulin right. A in your body, it would be on every television commercial during the news, and yet your body, your nervous system is the greatest pharmacist there is. So then, your body is objective. It's your unconscious mind. It doesn't know the difference between a real life experience that creates an emotion and the emotion that you're creating by thought alone. So if your body is feeling gratitude, it's believing that something's happening to you. So in the beginning you go, well, I'm gonna try gratitude. And then you think, well, this feels really weird. Why would I give gratitude until it happens? Well, because that's how you've been hypnotized. You've been programmed that way. But what if you change it around? The moment you feel gratitude, your healing begins. Mm. The moment you feel grateful for your life, your life is gonna change. Now you're causing an effect. So we have, to, we have to embrace the emotion before it happens. Now, why? Well, let's just say you just did a great meditation and your heart is blown wide open and you feel grateful for life. Or you're connected to the emotions of your new career, your new job, your new life. If you're feeling the feeling that your new life has already happened, you wouldn't be looking for it any longer. You would be feeling like it's already happened, so you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't look and be separate from it. You would feel connected to it. And then if you lost it and you started feeling angry because of traffic, I'd say, oh my God, you're back to the unconscious program again of allowing something outside of you to control your feelings and thoughts. You're back to that victimization program. So then when you start playing this game and you catch yourself and you self-correct and you get back into gratitude and feeling it, then your body is no longer preoccupied of when it's gonna happen or where it's gonna happen. If you feel it, it feels like it's already happened. So mm. that's the moment you're no longer separate from it. That's the moment you start drawing or magnetizing experiences to it's you. It's not just the thought of gratitude, it's feeling. You gotta make it visceral. Yeah. And we actually, we actually use HRV monitors. We put mm -hmm. heart rate monitors on people. We study them for 24 hours. We wanna know if they're actually doing it. And we have great results people could actually sustain that state for over 45 minutes. They just, it's just a skill. Now, why is that important? Because in their life, they should be able to do it with their eyes open. That's right. the game, right? Yeah. Practice with your eyes closed because you don't want to be distracted. Right. Get good at it, stand in line, sit in traffic, mm. you know, listen to your best friend complain, and you stay <laughs> in gratitude. You're, you're, you're doing something really well. You're yeah. self-regulating. Yeah. So, so much, so much of our attentions on our outer environment. And we, we wanna put a little bit more attention on our inner environment. And we wanna create that coherence between the outer world and our inner world. That's when we start to master things. Absolutely, yeah. We wanna be able to mediate our emotions, 
you know, because I think it's so easy, again, to get trapped in those old patterns yeah. if you don't catch it. And yeah. like, you can decide how you want to feel in that moment rather than being just a victim to circumstance. There you go. And I mean, I mean listen, I react. I mean, we all react. Yeah. But the question is, how long right. are you going to react? Because yeah. those chemicals really last 90 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. After that, you're faking it. I mean, you're, or you're just, you're, you're keeping it going. Yeah. So shortening the refractory period of your emotional reactions is really emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. If you're going to teach your kids anything, teach them that. Yeah. Because if you don't, it'll turn out to be part of their personality. And they got to work really hard the rest of their life to not be angry or to have a short temper or to be impatient. And, 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 and I think that people who self-regulate, who mediate in that way internally, are just generally happier people. Absolutely, I can attest to that. Yeah. So in creating our reality, in visualizing an outcome for ourselves, I think it's really important, like that crossing the river process. You say something in Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself that's so profound, and this is so important for people to get. You say that to change a reality, those outcomes that we attract to ourselves have to surprise and even astonish us in a way in which they come about. Yeah, this is the fun part about life. I mean, most people are expecting the worst thing to happen to them. They're, they're bracing themselves for whatever it is around the corner that's going to go wrong because in survival, if you prepare for the worst, you're gonna survive, right? But if we're creating something new and unknown, creating a new thing in your life, it can't come in a way that you can predict or expect, because if you can predict it or expect it, it's the known. So then the moment you start trying to figure out how it's gonna happen or when it's gonna happen, you got in the way. The universe just backs off and says, oh, hey, Sean wants to do it, go ahead. Mm. But when you are open to being astonished and surprised, and it comes in a way that you haven't expected, you wake up. You kind of wake up from the dream and you go, oh my God, it happened. And then you will look back at your entire past and you won't want to change one yeah. thing in your past. We see this all the time because it brought you to the present moment. That's the moment the past no longer exists. So the surprise, the brain learns by mistakes and surprises. Which would you like a few of? How about some surprises? So when it comes in a way that's just like out of nowhere that you haven't thought of and it's, it's your creation and you're surprised, you're not unconscious any longer. You're more conscious, you're more awake, you're, you're awakened, and you, you're starting to believe, oh my God, I'm the creator of my life. I'm not the victim of my life, I actually did that. And now you take your foot off the gas and you trust a little bit more that things are gonna organize in a way that's right for you. That's the that's a divine aspect in us starting to happen instead of that animal aspect. And so we have to lay down the very thing we used our whole life to get what we want for something greater to occur. And that's, that is the greatest habit we have to break because we gotta stay out of the way. Ah, love that so much, I do. That's, that's really profound. Um, you know, just going through this process and for me, this moment of decision was 2002. Uh, what the bleep showed up in my radar, I think it was like 2005, somewhere around there. And it was just affirming some of the things that I was experiencing. You know, and I never heard it spoken outside of like what was going on in my head. Um, I knew that so many things in my reality were changing, but the ways that they were happening were very unexpected. I had an intention about what I wanted, but the way they were coming about was not up to me in a mm -hmm. sense, because we can labor and try to make this outcome happen in the way that we think. Yeah. But you're saying to allow some space yeah. so that 
this greater thing that we're connected to that we can't really explain. There's room. There's room for the unknown. Yes. Just gotta it, get back it reminds us yeah. that we're that powerful to affect those outcomes, but we need something to remind us. Well, here's the deal. It's a habit. If you're creating matter to matter and you're living in stress and survival, the, the chemicals of stress actually heighten your senses and we become materialists. Mm -hmm. So then when we're matter trying to change matter, we're always trying to force the outcome. We're trying to control the outcome. We're trying to predict the outcome. We're in the way. That's because you're experiencing separation. So you try harder, you fight for it, you compete, you manipulate. You do everything you can because you got limited resources, matter to matter. So then when you create from the field instead of from matter and you feel connected to your vision and you understand that when your heart is open, your heart is actually drawing the experience to you. Now think about this. If you understood that on a gut level, where would you rush to? There'd be no place to rush to. You would never leave the present moment. You would just tune in and draw things to you. That's, that's, that's a much healthier way to live, right? So, so we force outcomes and we control outcomes because we're in the program of thinking that we're separate. But if you're feeling like your dream has already happened, then you wouldn't be forcing anything. You'd be relaxed in the present moment because the emotion of your future keeps you in the present moment. And so, yeah, it's not something you do in one swing. You gotta practice a lot, you gotta stay conscious, it's trial and error. But I tell you what, it's, it's always worth the effort because when it finally happens, you don't even care that it happened any longer because you're so happy with yourself that you're no longer controlling. And the moment you just let go is the moment it always shows up. And that's the surprise, like, wow, I did it, or here it is. And, and then that energy, that surprise or the synchronicity helps us with the next creation. We can use that energy. And wow, I'm thrilled, I'm juiced, I'm in awe, I'm in love, I'm, I'm inspired, I'm grateful. Hey, sit down to create the next day, it's a little easier. Wow, there's even more miracles happening. Oh, well, let's keep it going. Who wants to stop that, right? That's when it gets kind of fun. So the, so the synchronicities and surprises, that, that is the unknown. But the unknown isn't gonna be something scary like we're used to. It's gonna be something thrilling, yeah. it's really ecstatic, something that's gonna wake us up. That's what we want. Yeah, and we want more training. We want more of you to really learn how to do this because I know that it's a lot. This is just a tiny, tiny scratch of the surface of what's possible. So can you let everybody know where they can connect with you? Sure, uh, my website's just drjoedispenza.com. There's, um, we have, you know, monthly teleclasses and, or, you know, Dr. Joe Live, we have uh, online courses, uh, we have events, uh, we have live streams for advanced workshops that we do, books, meditations, it's, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. And so your live events are just getting sold out very quickly now. But if anybody has the opportunity, many of my friends have attended and it totally transformed their lives. You know, I, I'd have to tell you, Sean, that if you asked Joe Dispenza a year ago or two years ago, if he would believe he would be witnessing what he's presently witnessing right now, I would probably would have said maybe once or twice in my lifetime. But I'm, when we won these week-long events, I mean, there are miracles that are of biblical proportion. I mean, I'm talking about blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, tumors disappearing, stage four cancers going into remission, people stepping out of wheelchairs, stroke patients that were paralyzed lifting their arms, blind people that were brain injured seeing again. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, I think I'm more surprised than anybody, <laughs> to be honest mm -hmm. with you. So, I mean, the week longs are an intensive week 
of personal change and transformation. And people are going to come up against themselves. I want them to. They're going to come up against their limitations. I want them to. And then they're going to have numerous opportunities to connect, numerous opportunities to break through. And sooner or later, the whole entire group breaks through. And when that happens, uh, then the party just starts. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This has been a highlight for me. You know, I, we shared this before the show, but I've been doing this for a while. And I had a very small list of people who've had an impact on my thinking. And you're one of those people. And even during the break, like I was shouting, you know, just in, in, in happiness to have you here and to share your insight with everybody. So just truly thank you. I'm just grateful that you oh, exist. Thank you. Listen, you're coming to a week long as my guest. So awesome. I'm you there. come as my guest. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And this is definitely one to share with your friends and family. And of course, you could tag me on social media and tag Dr. Joe as well. And uh, just share what you thought about the episode. And there was a lot here, of course. But some of the big takeaways for me is uh, this concept of losing your mind. You know, like this is this is something that Dr. Joe is they're measuring. You know, we had guests like Dr. Daniel Amen who are doing spec scans and cool stuff like that. Uh, Dr. Lisa Moscone, we can actually look and see what's going on with the brain when it's trying to change itself, when it looks like chaos. And those are the moments that we tend to retreat because things are firing differently in our brains and we want to get back to what's familiar. And what I'm encouraging you to do today is, of course, to ease into that discomfort. Instead of setting out to change something in your reality like we do kind of haphazardly, it's to, to set out with that intention, but to know like you're going to come up against some opposition. This isn't going to be a walk in the park, but it's going to be so worth it. And for me, and you guys know in my story where I came from, I used to actually keep a small journal of when these seemingly random, amazing synchronicities would happen in my life. And I stopped keeping that journal because it happened so much. And I live in that now. You know, sometimes, of course, like we're all human, we can get off track and we can forget. But it's that practice of remembering. That's what the great ones really do. And Dr. Joe stated it as well, like, we're going to react, but it's how quickly we can remember. And for me, this is a very special episode because it's just, again, scratching the surface, opening the conversation to something much, much bigger and reminding you how powerful you are to affect change in your life and also the reality of everyone, period. You know, you're very, very powerful. And so, again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Share this out with social media. Tag me. Tag Dr. Joe. And we've got some powerhouse stuff coming your way. All right, so make sure to be ready. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.